So good. Let's read. We're in our Colossians series, so I'm going to read from chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in, in God. I wonder if there's an extra light you could give me just over there. Thank, oh, thank you. I can see. Well done. Uh, let there be light. Wonderful. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, don't ever forget there's going to be a second coming. Don't ever forget that Jesus will come again. Whether or not he comes in our lifetime doesn't matter. The fact is we're eternal and we will live for eternity with Jesus. And if we happen to be alive when he comes again, it's going to be a great day and we'll see what our life is really like then. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other uh, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which has been renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. God's primary purpose for our lives is to make us into his image and likeness. We lost that through the fall of man and we regain it through faith in Christ and God is at work in us to change us. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. Transformation is an excuse-free zone. There's, we can't say, well, this is my background, therefore I can't change. No, Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, now we get to the good stuff. Therefore, because <laughs> that was a pretty mean list, wasn't it? You know, but society's rife with that. That's the world we live in. And, uh, you know, it, it is. It's a, it's a heavy list. But, hey, praise God that you can be free from that stuff. You know, our word for pornography is in there. Thank God you can be free from pornography. Thank God you don't have to bring that into your life, into your marriage, into your family, into your generational line. You can live free in the goodness of God. And I love that. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, 
whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I I think there used to be uh, a commercial on TV by some outdoor camping company that went something like, that ain't living, this is living. Have have I got that right? That ain't living, this is living. Whether I've remembered it correctly or not, that's the title of today's message. That ain't living. That old stuff that we get caught in, that ain't living. This new life that we can have in Christ, this is living. Chapter 3 of Colossians in our series, it marks a turning point that is common in a number of New Testament letters. The opening chapters present us with all that Jesus has accomplished for us on our behalf. And then what follows is the outworking of it in our lives. And that's where we find ourselves in in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and and chapter 2, as you'll remember, you know, have presented one of the clearest pictures of the supremacy of Christ. Everything in this, in the universe, everything in all creation, including you, have been created by Jesus and for Jesus, whether or it takes us some time sometimes to get to know that, but it's the truth. And, and chapter 2 has presented his complete sufficiency for salvation. There's nothing we need to do to know the forgiveness and love and salvation of our, of our Savior except believe and receive. Jesus has done it all for us. And then chapter 3 turns practical. We have new life in Christ. And, you know, the Father's heart is always to teach us how to live in the new life that He's given to us through His Son. Um, There are keys to living in newness of life. Um, I don't like using the word steps. I think, I think, Steps isn't quite right. Steps belongs in the self-help, self-motivational, self-self-help guru kind of world. We're not about self-help. We're not about we're not about steps of improvement. We're on a pathway of transformation. Transformation takes time, and there are keys in the process of of transformation. There are keys to living in newness. Of life, And the 17 verses we have read describe some of them to us. But a key thought here is process. Because verse 10 says this, that we are being renewed in knowledge, in the image of our Creator. That's a daily process in our lives. The Passion Translation puts verse 10 this way, For you have acquired new creation life. What a great thing. It's a gift. You, you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it, you acquired it. New creation life, which is being continually renewed, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. And the renewal of our life is a continual and daily activity. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18 says, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So living in newness of life is a day by day process. We should never get discouraged with the process. We, we change as fast as we can, but as slow as we do. We shouldn't be discouraged with the process. The Father's never discouraged about our, our, um, our, our, 
our process, whether we get it wrong one day or get it wrong in a moment. He's not there with this big stick waiting to hit you. Oh, you blew it. No, no, no. He, he delights in teaching us how to live in newness of life and transformation into, into the likeness of Jesus in character, into the fullness of His love, into freedom because Jesus has set us free and transformation into His values and way of life is a daily process and we'll be traveling that process for as long as we have breath in our lungs. And the process involves four simple keys. So I'm going to give you the keys and then go through them, uh, you know, briefly each one. These are the four keys that the, the verses set before us as how we are transformed day by day in the newness of life Jesus has given us. These are the keys. Where we set our hearts and minds. Where we set our hearts and minds is really important. What we put to death, what we put on, and what we are full of. We're all full of something. We're all full of something. But what we are full of. See, new life is outworked from where we place our hearts and minds. It's outworked from a new affection and a new, and, 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 and a new focus. The encouragement of verse, in verses 1 and 2 is to simply seek Jesus. Too many of us live too earthly. We live too earthly bound. There is more to life than what's happening on this earth. We live with our heads down and our eyes down and our focus down. And the Bible says, change your focus, set your hearts on things above. Set your mind and your thoughts on things above. We used to say, don't be too heavenly minded that you can't be any earthly good. I want to flip that around and say, if you're earthly minded, you'll be no heavenly good. You won't live the newness of life if we just, just keep thinking natural all the time. Um, we set our hearts and minds, it's where we place our affection and our thoughts and our focus on things above. We seek Jesus. And, but notice that our new life has a particular starting point. This is not a difficult starting point. It's a joyful one. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. This, uh, this isn't an illustration. This is a statement of fact. This is the reality of our life. We have been raised with Christ. We saw it in the waters of baptism this morning. You thought you were cold? Did you see that young boy, Luke? Oh, he's a hero, I reckon. Just a champion for Jesus, you know. And, uh, you know, the Father will meet us as we seek Him. The Bible doesn't tell us to set our hearts and minds on things above in this futile thing of striving. It's the Father wants to meet us. He, he, it takes us a little while, you know, sometimes. Like, like Mary was in the garden on, on Resurrection Sunday and she didn't know it was Jesus. It takes a little while, but He's waiting there to meet her. This is the love the Father has for us. He waits for us every day. We get to live and move and have our life in Jesus every day. We get to walk with Jesus every day. He waits to meet us and it's up to us whether we set our hearts and minds on Him or not. But He waits 
to meet us. And sometimes it takes us a little while to recognize His presence with our life. It takes us a little while to recognize His voice in our life, but we can get to know Him. He meets us as we seek Him, but this is the place He meets us. He meets us in the place of grace of what Jesus has accomplished for us at the cross. We don't have to get ourselves right in our seeking of God. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Start from that point of life where there's grace that has come to you. When it says you have been raised with Christ, it means you've been raised into new life. You're not who you used to be. Isn't that fantastic? I, I love that. If you knew me like when I was 21, when I gave my heart to Jesus, and now I am here 43 years later, 64, you, you would think, who are you? That's exactly right. Not one of us is who we used to be. We've been raised with Christ. We're a new creation and we are a much loved child of God. You aren't who you used to be. You are entirely new in Jesus. You are alive in Him. And we live with this wonderful reality of being entirely new. And we start there. We seek Jesus from that starting place. The joy of our life is to daily walk with Him. You know, Jesus is, is, is relationally warm. He... he he lives. He's relationally warm. I know some of us had distant, cold relationships and we, we kind of, you know, with, with um, authority figures in our life and special people in our life and kind of somehow it overflows, but, you know, into our walk with God, we, we put the same thing on Him. But Jesus is nothing like that. He is relationally warm. He's, he's, he's close. Verse 12 tells us who you are to him. Verse 12 tells us you were chosen. You're special to Jesus. You see, you, you, people today might open, heart, might open their heart to Jesus and his love, and that'll be a wonderful thing, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not because you're choosing him. It's because he chose you before you were born. Before the creation of the world, the Father gave His Son as the Lamb of God to be slain, to take away our sin so we could have relationship with Him. And He chooses us and we hear Him knocking and we go, oh, we finally give in, you know. It took me a year after hearing Jesus knocking on my heart to finally give in and I'm so glad I did. But we're, we're, we're special to Him. It says you were holy. You know, we go, oh, holy, you know, not me. I couldn't be holy. Yeah, no, you're holy. It simply means you're set apart for Himself and you are dearly loved. See, it doesn't even say you're loved. The Bible says you're dearly loved, dearly loved by Him. He has set His heart upon you. He chose you. He set you apart for himself. He set his heart upon you. I think that tells you he wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. And he simply asks us to walk with him. New life begins from this point of being raised. The process of walking in new life is we just set our hearts and learn to walk with him relationally. And then we learn to put to death whatever belonged to the old. Um, 
you know, putting to death, I think too many people struggle. They, they hear that list that I read out and they feel ashamed and they feel condemned and they feel, oh, please don't go there, pastor. Don't go there. You know, I can see my life. I think, why? Why do you see your life there? Because we get to put those things to death. And the only reason we can put all of that stuff that used to rob us of life to death is because we've been made new. If we weren't new, the old would be our normal. But it's not our normal. So the father says, put that to death, son. Put that to death. That's not who you are. Put it to death in your life. We put to death that which isn't in the likeness of Jesus in our life. And that's grace. We don't struggle. We don't have to, oh, I've got to fight to put things to death. That sounds like hard work to me. It's like the dead are already dead. Just put it to death, you know. And, and it's the power of God's grace at work within us. And I think that's a wow moment realization to realize that I get to put stuff to death in my life. I never thought I could put stuff to death in my life before. I thought that thing would ruin me for the whole of my life. And I've discovered in Christ, I can put it to death. It's so great. It's so good. That is the grace. I'm excited. It's, it's grace. The Father meets us with grace every day. He meets us in newness of life every day. His compassions are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. When you get up and you smile at the Father, the Father's smiling at you. He doesn't build upon the old in our life. As far as He's concerned, it's gone. When He's given us the grace to put it to death. You know, for some reason, we, we get around this key to living a new life by saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I have a mission to get that out of our language because it simply isn't true. Sinners can't put sin to death. Sinners sin. We get around the power we have to put something to death and maybe excuse it in our life for a while because, oh, I'm just a sinner. Saved by grace. No, you're not. You're brand new. Only a new creation, alive in the righteousness of God, can put sin to death. It's by grace. And the Bible says, just count yourself dead to sin and alive fully to God in Christ Jesus. And in that process, in that process of renewal, of seeking God, setting our heart on things above, recognizing I got the power, the grace, the enabling to put that to death. I'm not who I used to be. We then get to put on a whole new array of garments that are befitting the likeness of the one we're being renewed in. We get to be like Jesus. We put on compassion. We live with tenderness of heart towards others. How much our world needs that. We put on kindness how much kindness is needed in human relationships. Ali and I have been married 40 years, and, and I, if my marriage advice is this simple, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. Be kind. Just be kind. Kindness is wonderful. It's like, I love being around someone that's kind. You know, it's the kindness of God that turns our heart to believe in Him. It's what the Bible tells us. We put on humility. You know, we don't need to exalt ourselves and big name ourselves before others. We put on gentleness. 
you know, we live with strength and self-control. We, we put on patience. We're willing to suffer long with others. It helps if you're married. You learn, you learn to put these things on every day. It's, it's really good. Not to, but notice that these traits bear an uncanny resemblance to Jesus. We're being renewed in knowledge of the image of the one who created us. Jesus is full of compassion, full of compassion towards us every day. He's so very kind. Jesus, the Son of God, the one who has all authority in heaven and earth, described himself this way. When he invited us to come to him, to learn to walk with him, he said, you can trust me because I'm gentle and humble in heart. Wow. That's, that's our Savior. He's gentle and humble in heart. And, and I think we know from personal experience how patient he is. <laughs> yeah. We put them on. We cover with love. You know, uh, I got a long way to go. I know that. But this is living. This is living. Being full of anger, being full of rage, being full of malice, being full of slander. But that, ain't, that ain't living. This is living, being full of love, being full of compassion, being full of gentleness. The fourth key Paul gives us in this process of living in our new life is to live full. He, he encourages us to be full of peace, full of God's word, full of the Holy Spirit, full of song, full of thanksgiving, because we get to live in newness of life from a place of fullness. Pastor Ben read the, read the verse out earlier in Colossians 2 and verse 10 that says that all of the deity lives in Christ and in Christ you have been brought to fullness in him. We live in a place of, of fullness. Jesus comes into our life and all of these graces are full. Like, you know, we, we can put the word of God in our heart. We can release the song. We can be thankful. But take, take peace, for example. How do, we, how do we live full of peace? Well, peace is a practice of our new life in Christ. It's not something we're trying to attain to. It's something that we outwork in our daily life. We walk in newness of life. And this is what Jesus said in John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Peace has already been given to us. Again, Pastor Ben talked about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. But this gift is the same peace that Jesus had. The peace that Jesus had is now in us. We have it in our hearts, which is so powerful. And living is to allow his peace to rule in us. I'd like the team to come and uh, join me, please, if you would. Living in newness of life is not losing our peace in the circumstances of life. We practice peace in all of our circumstances. This is what Jesus said in John 16, verse 33. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Did you notice that Jesus says you may have? May have is a possibility. You may have peace. I've told you some things so that in me you may have peace. It's a possibility. In this world you will have, will have is a promise. The world, the, don't be surprised by trouble. That's the world we live in. Instead, 
there's a possibility to live and abide in his gift of peace. When Jesus said, take heart, I've overcome the world, he simply means cheer up. Don't you love that? Cheer up. Just cheer up. Why are you so downcast? Cheer up. I've overcome the world. Jesus isn't troubled by trouble. He is in peace so we can be as well. And we practice that peace in our life no matter what comes our way. We're not looking for peace outside of us. We have peace inside of us through the Prince of Peace. And the Bible says live full and allow it to rule in your heart. Isn't that a good thing? So this is, you know, the daily process of living in in newness and life, newness of life. We set our hearts and minds on Jesus. You know, we, we understand who we are to Him, that we're chosen, that we're set apart, we're dearly loved. He waits for us to meet with Him. He's excited about your new life today. He doesn't build on the old. He builds on the new. He, he, he talks with us from that point. He doesn't bring up our old past that's forgiven. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He just, he just says, look, just, just know that you've got power to live free from that because you're new in me, you've been raised. And then today, it, it might even start before you Get out of wherever you have your little talk with Jesus. And, you know, the first person you meet, you might just have to put on a new garment. You know, your wife might say, hey, and you've got to put on a new garment because you've been with Jesus. And you go, yes, darling, how can I show you kindness today? And we live full. We have a fullness in Christ. There's a river of life flowing in us. Jesus said, if anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink out of his innermost being. Shall flow rivers, rivers of life. We live full. We live full. You know, these keys take practice in our life. But the Father meets us every day with his grace. And this is living. This is living. Can Can we take a moment? as we sit in His presence. Father, I thank You for Your joy and delight in us. Thank You, Lord, what an incredible life we have now that we've responded to Your love and forgiveness to us through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, the moment we believed upon Him, that we believed that He was the Son of God, that He was crucified on that cross, for our sin and our failure. And Lord, you took all the punishment that was due us and placed it upon Him. And He died and then He was raised from the dead on the, on the third day and He lives forevermore. And Lord, the moment we believed that and we asked for your forgiveness and we confessed you as the Son of God and invited you into our heart, you made us your child. Lord, from that very moment, we have been raised with Christ. And from that very moment, you meet us with new life every day and teach us to walk in that life-giving path of renewal and transformation where we have been renewed in knowledge in the image of our Father God. And Lord, we thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that your grace would settle on every heart. 
Lord, your joy would just awaken in every heart and spirit this morning that the realisation of the empowering grace of God that is within us would just thrill our hearts, Father, this morning. Lord, I pray that you would, you would teach us to walk in newness of life. Lord, embracing these simple keys every day and help us discover the joy of practising our walk with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And you know, just while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, we always give people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. There'll always be people in our service that, that say yes to Jesus. Sometimes we're here for different reasons than we, than we think. But God has us here for a reason. God's been waiting to reveal His Son to you. God's been waiting to reveal His love to you. God just needed to get you in a place where He could maybe still your heart long enough to reveal Himself to you, to just speak into your heart. Sometimes we feel uncomfortable. We feel this, oh, it's just the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our heart telling us that we need the forgiveness and grace of Jesus. Sometimes we feel, oh, my heart's beating. It's just racing. Yeah, that's because you're about to take a step of faith. And I know there are family and friends here today with people being baptized and with Ben and uh, Amy. And I know that we're, there are other people here today as well, whether for the first time or, or the first time in a long time. And just while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, this has nothing to do with anybody else. This has everything to do with you and your faith and belief in a loving Heavenly Father that gave His Son Jesus to die for you. And this has got everything to do with you making a decision to make your peace with God, to come into right relationship with God, the one who's loved you before the foundation of the world, the one who's always wanted to be in relationship with you. The Father has always wanted to be in relationship with you. And so He sacrificed His only Son in such great love for you so that through His sinless sacrifice, you could be forgiven and be made righteous, be restored to His love and become a child of God. So right now, this isn't about what, what's happening to the person sitting on your right or sitting on your left. This is about what's, right, what's, what's happening right now in your heart. Are you aware of the Father knocking on your heart? Are you aware of the Lord calling you, saying, Son, daughter, I gave my son for you. I've always wanted you. And today, will this be your day? Will today you acknowledge me as Lord and Saviour of your life? Today, will you receive my love and forgiveness and become a child of God? It's what I've always wanted for you. You don't have to do anything. Just believe and receive. If that's you this morning, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, apart from myself and some of our team who want to help, you're saying, Lord, that's me. I, I, I want to receive you today. Graham, I want to receive God into my life today. Would you go ahead and raise your hand where you're seated? Just raise it high. Long it firstly to the Father, long enough for me to acknowledge and I'm just going to ask you to put it down. I'm simply going to include you in a prayer. But you go ahead 
You take that step of faith, that step of courage. You sense that drawing, that desire in your heart to be forgiven. You go ahead wherever you are. It'll be my great joy and pleasure to include you in the closing prayer. Well, that's wonderful. I don't see anybody responding today, but that's okay. Father, I thank you for your love and presence in this place. I thank you for every person. I thank you for wherever they're at in their journey. Lord, today would be a step forward, a step closer in that journey to faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. And uh, I think Pastor Ben's going to come.